the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Friday morning. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damian Clotto and David Dawson. Hey, guys. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, indeed. That's right. (laughs) Good day, isn't it? It is, because it's Friday. That, and we're going to get rain, hopefully. I I saw clouds. You haven't seen that in a long time, Damian. It's been a bit. Uh, we we got to pray we get some rain because it's been dry, yes. but bearable, as mm-hmm. they like to say. And today, being the feast day of St. Leo the Great, we'll ask him to intercede as well, that we might get some wet stuff before the end of the week. And let's do that with a prayer in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Pray for me that I may always seek to bring peace wherever I am able to in my life. Pray that I may never miss the opportunity to bring the peace of Christ to others. Pope St. Leo the Great, pray for us and pray that we get some rain. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Amen. Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We will learn more about our Saint of the Day later on in today's show, but we are starting off with some events in our listening area. We will give you details about it seven after. There are a lot, and they are continuing to come in, so check out our website calendar at ccmedia.live for everything that is happening in our area. In 18 minutes, Father Nilsson Lildesa joins us. He's a priest of the Community of the Beatitudes, and today he's talking about his book called God's Ongoing Gifts to the Church, Issues Confronting Ecclesial Movement and New Community. So we will be talking about this learn a little bit more about his community of the beatitudes i actually don't know much about it so looking forward to speaking to father nelson today in 35 minutes aaron franco joins us she is a catholic wife and mother and we are continuing our discussion on motherhood faith and busy schedules so because <laughs> it's still busy and it's going to get even busier especially this time of year and it's so easy aaron to and i are going faith. to talk about it yeah <laughs> Yes, and we have to keep our focus on God and the reason for the season, right, as everyone likes to say this time of year. So looking forward to Aaron's conversation. And in 48 minutes, Father Chris Decker joins us. He's a pastor over at St. Mary's of Falls River in New Roads, and he's going to be talking about vocations as we continue to celebrate National Vocations Week. So looking forward to today's guests and Damien, looking forward to your weather report. What do you All righty. Well, today could be the day where we may actually see some rain, 40% chance in the forecast, and keep your fingers crossed because right now, according to the radar, most of the rain is staying north of us. It is coming out of the west from Texas, heading east, and if we don't get it today, well, we'll probably get some tomorrow because we have a 50% chance of okay. rain in the forecast tomorrow. There you go. All this is rain is preceding a cool front which is coming our way in fact 
It's going to get here probably before noon. The high is going to be 73 today, the low 61. Come Saturday, we're going to have a high of about 67. So it's going to be cool, but not too cold. Mm. Uh, Sunday, a 20% chance of rain with a high of 73. And it's going to be cloudy with sun off and on. So you'll be able to get a lot of stuff done outdoors. should be rather pleasant when it's not raining. Temperatures in and around the area, everyone in the 60s right now. 67 in Homa Thibodeau as well as Covington. 68 degrees in Gulfport and Baton Rouge. And in New Orleans, the Crescent City, they're reporting 69 degrees. So the cool front is on the way. And uh, let's, again, hope we get some wet stuff. I'm seeing colors on the radar. It looks very promising. Well, good. Yeah. All I haven't right. seen that in a long time, Dan. <laughs> yeah, it's been about <laughs> 10 days, to be honest. All right, well, don't go too far because we have the gospel coming your way as well as some events that we want to share with you coming up that actually are happening today as well. You're listening to Wake Up. Good morning, I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's gospel comes to us from Luke chapter 16. Jesus said to his disciples, A rich man had a steward who was reported to him for squandering his property. He summoned him and said, What is this I hear about you? Prepare a full account of your stewardship, because you can no longer be my steward. The steward said to himself, What shall I do now that my master is taking the position of steward away from me? I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I know what I shall do, so that when I am removed from the stewardship, they may welcome me into their homes. He called in his master's debtors one by one. To the first he said, How much do you owe my master? He replied, One hundred measures of olive oil. He said to him, Here is your promissory note. Sit down and quickly write one for fifty. Then to another he said, And you, how much do you owe? He replied, One hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, Here is your promissory note. Write one for eighty. And the master commended that dishonest steward for acting prudently. For the children of this world are more prudent in dealing with their own generation than the children of light. We've heard the gospel, and now we reflect. The parable of the dishonored steward is, at first glance, one of the strangest parables in the gospels, because Jesus seems to be praising the man's corrupt shrewdness when he concluded at the end of the narrative, and the master commended that dishonored steward for acting prudently. The steward is depicted as utterly corrupt, with no redeeming moral qualities. He is a thief who is fully aware that he is too lazy to work honestly and too proud to beg. Therefore, when he is caught squandering his master's property and realizes he will be discharged, he shrewdly decided to do something quickly to secure his financial future. Therefore, he committed additional fraud by cheating his master of some of the debts that were owed to him. His cunning plan was intended to win favor with his master's grateful debtors so they would give him a position when he is discharged. It is significant that the steward shows no remorse and is fully determined to continue the dishonored path he has chosen. Now, the key to understanding the parable is verse 9, which is not included in today's reading. For the children of this world are more prudent in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. Here is the meaning. 
the steward is consistent with his evil first principles. He's completely dishonest, and he uses human prudence to advance himself dishonestly. In contrast, the children of light, those who claim to follow Jesus, often very inconsistent in living according to their first principles. We Christians often bemoan the awful slide of our country into paganism, and we are quick to blame others for this tragic situation. But the reality is that our country would be converted in a single generation if we Christians fully lived our creed. Therefore, in this parable, Jesus gives up the following wake-up call. In worldly affairs, we may be industrially wise, but in spiritual matters, we are often fools. Have a wonderful day. This is Jimmy Sagers. Thank you, Jimmy Sagers. 11 after the hour. Happy Friday, everyone. November 10th and uh, tomorrow, Veterans Day. And we want to salute all our veterans. Amen. Uh, who have done their part in keeping our country safe and free. We appreciate it. And uh, a number of events in and around the area right now, in particular, St. Joseph Catholic Church over in French Settlement, they're going to be hosting a supper and substance date night tonight with a social beginning at 6.30, dinner at 7. Father Jason Palermo will be the presenter of the talk at the event. It's entitled Married Saints as Models for Marriage. The cost is $50 a couple. And if you'd like more info, go to ccmedia.live. That includes dinner. That is pretty darn good. You're not going out for $50 a couple. No, it's not hard. Plus, you get to hang and with you get Father to hear Jason. a good talk. How about yeah. that? That's yeah. really good. All right. St. Peter's Catholic Church in Covington continues their speaker spotlight in conjunction with their church parish Eucharistic Revival as Christine Bagelow will speak on the topic of making a, making a Eucharistic home. So the talk will begin at 9 a.m. on December 2nd. That's a Saturday morning, so you can don't worry about missing work. Uh, for more information, go to ccmedia.live. All right. Well, the first annual St. Joseph's Academy Pickleball Tournament will take place Friday and Saturday, December 1st and 2nd, at the Academy Student Center and Activity Center, sponsored by the SJA Alumni Association. The tournament is open to women, men, and mixed doubles teams, and all alumni, friends, family, 18 years and older. You guys all can participate. So it sounds like fun. Pickleball is actually a lot of fun. And it's going to be great. So you can go to ccmedia.live for more information and to have a good time. I wonder how I got his name. What? Pickleball. I don't know. We, just, we probably ought to research Google it. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, one day when I have a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, as we mentioned, tomorrow's Veterans Day. But today, uh, there's a few church parishes that are celebrating our veterans. And in particular, uh, at, from 11 to one thirty today, at St. Bonaventure Church in Avondale, they're having a mass and a lunch after. So if you'd like to attend, they're inviting all veterans to attend the mass. And it would be great. Also, uh, there's going to be a mass uh, and a special lunch for veterans at noon. And that's today as well from noon to 3 at St. Joseph Cathedral in downtown Baton Rouge. So uh, check your bulletins. And if you're a veteran, man, we ask you to go out and, and mm-hmm. attend mass and have mm-hmm. lunch on us. Indeed. Indeed. 
Uh, this Thanksgiving, leave the fuss and the mess to the Knights of Columbus. Let them deep fry your turkey. And boy, I have made a mess doing that. So, yeah, I'd rather somebody else do it. <laughs> they will deep fry a whole turkey and supply dishes, a delicious homemade giblet gravy for only $55. Wow. Turkey orders are available for pickup at the St. Joseph Cathedral Parish Hall in Baton Rouge, St. George uh, KC House, and the St. Aloysius KC House, or the St. Jean Vianney Church Hall. That's all in Baton Rouge. Orders must be in by Monday, November 13th, and they'll have your order ready to pick up at the location of your choice on Wednesday, November 22nd, between 12 and 3 p.m., Order yours online today. Go to ccmedia.live for more information on those turkeys. Yes. And before you deep fry your turkey, make sure that you know how to properly deep fry your turkey. Yeah. Just call so, the knights. Just let the knights do it. Yeah. Yes. Just yeah. let the knights do it. Yeah, it's, e- it's easier. <laughs> also, Box of Joy, last day is Saturday, tomorrow. David said there's a lot of them coming in. Oh, We've had yes. so many arrive. And there's more coming in today, so give back to those in need. Thanks, Damien, for holding that up. Put a smile on someone's face this Christmas. You got it. We're a drop-off point, so bring it by the station. You have until tomorrow to do that. Don't go away. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for November 10th. Today we celebrate Pope St. Leo the Great. Elected in 440, Pope Leo distinguished himself throughout his 21-year pontificate as one of the best administrators of the ancient church. He was likewise known for his pastoral skills and spiritually profound sermons. As Holy Father Leo worked hard to control the heresies prominent in his day and to call the followers of those heresies back to true Christian beliefs. A second major area of concern for him was the controversy within parts of the church over the nature of Christ. Leo also led the defense of Rome against barbarian attack, taking the role of peacemaker. On one occasion, he persuaded Attila the Hun to halt his path toward Rome, which he was planning to plunder. But Leo's path to sainthood has its basis in the spiritual depth with which he approached the pastoral care of his people. Well-versed in scripture and ecclesiastical awareness, he had the ability to reach their everyday needs and interests. Pope St. Leo was indeed a great pope, a man who was boundless in his energy, large of heart, and clear in his sense of duty as St. Peter's successor. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Eighteen past the hour, you're tuning your heart to the truth. I'm David Dawson along with Damian Collado. And Gabby Smith. And right now we have Father Nielsen Liao de Sa. Uh, he is a priest with the Community of the Beatitudes and going to talk about his book, God's Ongoing Gifts to the Church, Issues Confronting Ecclesiastical Movements in the and New Community. Father, I hope I didn't butcher your name too much. Liao <laughs> and Nielsen Liao de Sa. Did I get it right? Exactly. Wonderful. Exactly. It's, a, it's a Portuguese name, man. Ah, a Portuguese <laughs> name. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. You know what? I, I see that this book is mostly about uh, charism. And there's a lot of us who do know not what the word charism means. Def- tell us what that means. 
So, uh, charisma it means a gift from God, and uh, when I wrote this book uh, about new charismas in the church, sorry, I'm uh, I, English is not my first language. Oh, I you're doing well. Understand. You're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, when I wrote this book, I um, I was thinking to share how God today in the church is blessing her church, his church with new realities, new communities, new mm -hmm. associations also, as a gift for the whole church. It means uh, as an invitation for each member of the church to be a holy person, to follow Jesus and to, uh, to dedicate his life, her life uh, to the Lord. So, uh, yes, mm -hmm. I had this experience when I uh, that, that I met a few new charismas, a new new communities, and new associations. Yeah, uh, because I lived many, for many years in Europe. I lived uh, in Africa. I lived uh, in Italy. I lived wow. in Asia. So, and I saw how uh, it's uh, something common. It's something uh, coming. Everywhere, so it's yeah. wonderful. <laughs> I, I can tell you, Father, I had seen that actually. Uh, was at a conference last weekend, and to see three different uh, vocations come in, uh, two yeah. orders of mm -hmm. nuns, one being Mercedarians, they do education, and then the Easily. the um, um, missionaries of charity, of course, they help the poor, and then the community mm -hmm. of Jesus, Crucif Jesus Crucified, it's uh, an order uh, mm -hmm. here, and uh, they also serve others uh, uh, through the sufferings yeah. of Christ. Just beautiful, and this is what you're talking about, each community having its own service towards people, is that right? Yeah, so, and, but the newness of these uh, new communities and the new ecclesial associations or ecclesial movements is that the fact that uh, many times the members of these groups are lay people, consecrated yes. people, and priests, and they work together. For example, my community, the community of the Beatitudes, the community of Father Jacques Philippe, and maybe a, a, a few people, they know his books, the free, Interior Freedom, on Time for God. So, in any case, uh, the new communities, what is typical or what is new is really the fact that uh, uh, lay people, consecrated people, and um, priests also, they receive the same charisma, the same call, Okay. Uh, for example, for life of prayer or, or uh, contemplation, but also uh, uh, the same uh, uh, desire of apostolates, the same desire to, to share the good news of the people. For example, my community itself, we have uh, many houses in many countries, and uh, we have hospitals, we have schools, we have uh, retreat spiritual centers. Mm. So, yeah, is uh, yes, and we work together. It's okay. like a, like an expression of the church in a in a mini miniature. So, it's a small uh, face of the church uh, with all these kind of vocations together. So, and many times also we speak about uh, a communion of states of life because okay. typically, usually, they have this kind of communion between the three vocations in the church. Well, you know, and, and, and you're talking about lay people. I mean, because I, I have seen uh, in, in certain orders, you're right, I have seen people that have totally devoted, uh, you know, have yeah. given, the, given their entire life uh, to, to that order. And then, like you're saying, you have your mm -hmm. lay people that do this. I mean, they have regular lives. I mean, they're, uh, um, they're, they're also working and such. How does, how does that work out for them? 
Yeah, so of course, uh, uh, a lay member of uh, a new community or a lay member of a community, for example, they continue to, le- to live their activities uh-huh. in the world many times because they have kids, as uh, many members, uh, they, are fam- uh, they have a family life. So, but they have a, a special commitment not only to come uh, um, to, to share the life of the community uh, when they can, but they have also a real commitment. For example, for us in the community of the Beatitudes, the lay members, they are committed for, to, to do adoration every day or to come uh, and pray together the, the morning prayer yes. and the evening prayer. So it's a real commitment. It's not just a commi- commitment of desire when I, when I can, but a real commitment uh, when uh, it's possible with uh, their their schedule, their, their, their daily life. <laughs> so the community of the Beatitudes, your order, um, you also have late. What is your charism? What 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 are y'all known for? So we, the charisma of the community of the Beatitudes is especially a charisma of um, voca- a vocation, a charisma of uh, contemplation. Okay, and so because our desire is to be united with God. Yes. And it's a uh, vocation to spend our life uh, with Him in, uh, in uh, adoration or uh, personal prayer, but also in community prayer with the different stages of life, but mm-hmm. also available to the service of the church. So the charisma of the community is this, the communion of the stages of life uh, with a deep desire of union with God, and uh, this desire to serve the church. We don't have a, a special apostolate. We don't do any. We don't do only, for example, education or I see, I see. Uh, kind of activity like this or serving the poor. Right. We do it, but we try to answer the needs of the church. You see, if a bishop asks asks us to to be take, take take care of a parish like here in Denver, we come and do it. If a bishop asks to take care of the hospital, as in Africa, we go there. So (laughs) the apostolate, the activity, it uh, it depends a lot of what we can do and of what what is the need of the church, the local church. So the book, God's Own Going Gift to the Church, your book here, does does this help us to discern possibly what our charism is? Yes, Mm -hmm. I think the book is... uh, is in my desire is to share with everyone this new reality in the church yeah. and sometimes of course they have difficulties of integration in the life of the church sometimes people that don't understand what it is these new movements and i think that uh, this book could help uh, even new communities, small new communities, uh, to discern how to do, how to do their statutes, how to discern their charisma, okay. how to uh, stay in touch with the local bishop, and uh, for everyone uh, it, uh, to be a good help to understand better this new reality in the church. How do we begin? I mean, how do we go about doing this? I, I, I see you have, there's eight ways to discern uh, the authenticity of a charism. <laughs> Of course. So, uh, first of all, in the beginning of new charismas, of new communities, sometimes you have one person or two persons or a few, a group of persons with uh, the same intuition. So, yes. to do something, to follow Jesus in a special way, in a way of prayer, or in a way of serving, uh, uh, serving the 
the poor, for example. Uh -huh. But of course, uh, and this beginning of a new community or a new group, sometimes they attract other people and the group can grow. But also, as you know, uh, as we can read in the in the New Testament, the, each charisma is submitted to the to the to, to the to the church, and so the discernment is made between this group, this new group, and also this this humility, this submission to the authority of the church. The bishop has a a, a great responsibility, a big responsibility, to discern also what is really a new. Charisma and if he, it, this charisma is uh, is good for the church uh, yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, the dialogue Dave, um, really is very important. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead, Gabby. Well, this really reminds me of the good group of lay Dominicans over in the Archdiocese yes. and uh, just seeing how they're called to become a lay Dominican and the role that they play within their family life and their work. Um, it, it's just really cool. So I'm so glad, Father, that you're discussing this. I don't think it's talked about enough, especially during uh, Vocations Week. Yeah. So, of course, uh, uh, we it's not necessary for each baptized person to be to follow mm -hmm. a special spirituality, a Dominican or Beatitudes or Carmelites, because I think that uh, the baptismal baptismal vocation it's enough, of course, because we have a, a, a big commitment uh, as a Christian to follow Jesus in yeah. this way. But sometimes I knew uh, spirituality. Dominicans, Carmelite, Jesuit, Beatitudes, uh, these uh, spiritualities can help also to uh, be faithful to the commitments as a, uh, as a baptized person. So yeah. I think that yeah. uh, could be helpful. It's not necessary for each Christian to be member of a right. uh, sure. community or to follow a kind of spirituality, but uh, these new spiritualities, these spiritualities can support also the baptismal vocation. Well, this book sounds like a wonderful mm -hmm. tool to have uh, for uh, a lot of folks and even a lot of communities. Uh, how do we go about getting that? Uh, uh, so how, sorry? How do we get your book? Oh, okay. So <laughs> you can go to Sophia uh, Institute Press All online, right. and you can buy these online. Uh, it's not too expensive. I don't remember how much is it. Okay, <laughs> wonderful. Father Nielsen, <laughs> Leal Dessa, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you. All God right. Bless you. Bottom of the hour on Wake Up. It is 35 past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damian Clotto and David Dawson. Our next guest is Erin Franco. She is a Catholic wife and mother. And today we are continuing our discussion on motherhood, faith, and busy schedules. Because you know, Erin, it never, does it ever slow down? <laughs> I just need, I need to ask another woman a good morning. <laughs> hey, good morning. It's such a pleasure to be back. Yeah. Well, okay, so we're getting into the hustle and bustle of the of the holiday season. I mean, the busyness of the the season and getting everything ready, making everything look perfect and sparkly, but we also can't forget our everyday things that we also have going on. So tell us, you know, the busy schedule continues, Erin. How can we continue to focus on our Lord and also take care of ourselves as well for our families? 
I, I'm laughing that we're talking about this topic because <laughs> I speak to all of you listeners from the trenches myself, absolutely. Um, but what I was reflecting on as I was thinking about coming on this morning about this topic was um, that old enemy of mine, uh, the fear of missing out. <laughs> we call it FOMO. <laughs> some FOMO. <people. laughs> That's and, good. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so I've been thinking, what are we all so afraid of? What am I so afraid of with saying no to something, with trimming my schedule, um, with simplifying? What are we afraid of? And I think that there's a lot there that we can all take to prayer and really try to get honest about and, and talk to our spouse about. Our spouses. So often in my own marriage, oh my gosh, my spouse has something very wise and insightful to say that I usually don't want to hear, but it's something that I need to hear. And, um, and isn't that what marriage is for sometimes, um, for our spouses to help us get to heaven and help us see what we need to see about ourselves? Agreed. And, uh, you know, I think it's ingrained in us uh, when our children are very young. Um, I remember enrolling my son into kindergarten and being asked the question literally the first day, what sports is he in? Well, he's five. I didn't think about sports. I didn't think about after school activities or anything like that or how many activities is he in during the day or after school or clubs or anything like that. And I remember calling my mom asking her, am I supposed to put him in something? You know, I think it's ingrained in us at a young age to just be busy. <laughs> Right, right. And that's, and that's very much a cultural thing. Sometimes it helps me to think about yeah. it like that, because not every culture around the world has sports, um, and that need to, to every child needs a sport. Like, you've got to have that um, growing up, as we do in the United States. Um, so one thought I had on this, so actually I have everyone from a teenager all the way down to a one-year-old. We have six children, and so I kind of am getting more experience um, with that spread of children and the gifts that I'm, that we're really reasonably able to give each child. And I think it's important to remember that we can't give each of our children, if we have multiple children, the same gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, what we're able to do for the older ones, we maybe can't do for the younger ones and, and, and everyone in the middle. But I think it's also and it's so important for me to go back and kind of rest my mind in, in the sacred heart of Jesus and remember that I have no idea all the gifts that I actually am giving each of my kids. God didn't make a mistake with the birth order of this child or with giving me as a mom to any of my kids. He, There are things and blessings I'm giving my kids by a busier season, by a quieter season, by a season where I have more financial means or more time or energy or mental means to be able to, um, to do more for the kids. Um, I know that now that I have a teenager, there again, that fear of missing out, I'm looking ahead and I'm like, I've got three years, four more years with this child mm-hmm. to give them a wonderful mm-hmm. childhood. And there's such a pressure there. And I, I understand that yeah. more deeply um, the longer I'm a mom, but I have to go back yeah. to saying, well, what are the gifts that I may not think about? Um, the gifts of mm-hmm. how many more family dinners will we have? How many more quiet weekends where we actually break out one of our 225 board games we have in the cabinet. Um, (laughs) Things like that. What are some of those family time, uh, wasting time with my family memories that I can give them? And so I'm really trying to fight that that fear, um, that fear of I'm not going to do enough before they leave the house. I think uh, one of my favorite scriptures to go back to when I have fear as a mom 
is Second uh, Timothy one seven. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self control. And so when I'm thinking about when I'm making a decision or I'm letting my mind kind of go in a spiral or kind of go down a path, is that fear out of fear that I'm thinking or trying to make a decision or is it out of love and peace? And I think Mm -hmm. that's really, really important. And any spiritual director, counselor, good Catholic coach will help you come out of that way of thinking out of fear and bring it back toward truth and love. Erin, I'm so glad that you mentioned that and talked about that. And there are so many parents who are listening that do have uh, multiple children as well. How do you, as a mom, dedicate your time to each one of your children? Oh, oh my gosh. That's such a big question. Um, I think I'm doing my best, and I'm trusting the Lord with all of my little heart each and every day. And I think it's important for me to not look at things daily or even weekly sometimes. You know, everyone, sometimes I'll read a book, a parenting book, and they say, make sure each day that you set a little (laughs) quality time aside with each of your children. And I I think that, um, again, we forget those little quality moments we don't even notice that we have with each of our kids every day. But it just simply... Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of shoulds that we can put, we can should on ourselves a lot, um, if I can say that on Catholic radio. Yeah, I like that. Um, and I think <laughs> anything that you put on your schedule daily, you only, you only get like two things that you get to say, I do this every day. One of them should probably be prayer, and one of them should maybe be mm-hmm. hug your husband. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I really try not to be too hard on myself, but it's, I am intentional. I am intentional, you know, throw someone in the car with me on the way to run an errand, rub someone's back on the, um, as I'm putting them to bed. That's a big one for us in my house. Mm -hmm. Um, Just little, little habits of the home are so important and they go so far. Yeah. Yes. And I think it's important because sometimes I think as moms, we feel like we're alone, right? Or we don't want to talk about it or we don't want to you know, air out our struggles throughout the day or anything like that or Mm -hmm. the overwhelmingness. Um, You know, any advice that you can give as we move into the Thanksgiving season and we move into Advent and Christmas and we have that family time and we're we're getting ready, any advice on how to be still and focus on our family? Mm. You know what I, what helps me personally, just what comes to mind is like I did it yesterday, I said, I have a big to-do list coming up. I'm going to block out a few days on the calendar where I'm going to get this logistics stuff done, the buying the 15 gifts for the cousin gift exchanges or, you know, that mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> that I know that I'm going to have dedicated time for that. And mentally, that helps me not feel like I'm just facing this huge mountain. I'm like, okay, I'll have a time to get that done. And so I think that all the the daily life in between and um, the things that come up, I'm able to to not worry so much about all of that, and I can enjoy the people in front of me, if that makes sense. So kind of getting organized and just putting a place and time on on the extra stuff. And giving ourselves grace, right? I mean, um, and and giving ourselves... Yeah. <laughs> and asking for guidance from the Holy Spirit. How do I do this? Show me how I can tackle this day. And if I don't get anything done, show me just what I need to do today. Because we can put 10 things on our list. And maybe God wants us to just worry about two or not worry, but focus on two of those of the, throughout the day. Right. So, That's Aaron, so where can people go? 
Well, I'm still learning <laughs> to do that because I'm such a type A person. I like to tackle everything on my list. But yeah, I mean, I think that the Lord tries and shows us that every day. But Aaron, you have such wonderful insights. Can people go somewhere and maybe find out more about you and, and learn a little bit about, uh, you know, your wisdom and motherhood? <laughs> Sure, absolutely. Um, so I have a, a website, AaronFranco.com, um, but really I, I, I do more writing and these days over on Substack. It's a like a an, kind of an old-fashioned blogging pop platform, yeah. um, and I do some speaking, and I have my um, my schedule on my website. Thank you so much, Aaron Franco. It is forty-five past the hour on Wake Up. Before the top of the hour, welcome back to Wake Up, Damian Collado, Gabby Smith, David Dawson, and our good friend, Father Chris Decker, pastor at St. Mary's of False River in New Roads, here to talk about vocations because this has been Vocations Week. And who better to chat with about vocations than Father Chris Decker? Good morning. Good morning. Of course, we're all living a vocation, but yep. uh, specifically, I guess, the priestly vocation um, is what we kind of concentrate on uh, this particular week uh, to be aware of, as well as consecrated life as well. Yeah, exactly. Deacons. Mm-hmm. Hey, I was wondering, what what is the state of vocations in your mind, at least in South Louisiana and, and maybe the Gulf South? Is it changing? Because I know a survey just came out, uh, and it was showing that Eighty percent of those men who are priests now are conservative or orthodox of sorts versus the progressive attitude. Have you seen that change over the years? Uh, quite honestly, I don't particularly like those um, those boxes that mm-hmm. we tend right, to get put right. in. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we're either faithful to the traditions of the church or we aren't. You right. know, and uh, and we know that uh, that there have been so many that. Uh, throughout the ages that have been faithful to the church in times of great upheaval in society. Um, and that's always a challenge, especially as a priest, because, you know, you want to father the community that you're given, but the community that you're given is being fed a great deal of uh, uh, malformation from, from the spirit of the world. Mm-hmm. And so that's a challenge as a priest uh, to be able to, to um, undertake that type of fatherhood. It's like a father of a family. You know, your kids are getting stuff at school. They're right. getting stuff from their friends. And you're trying to keep the, the family unit um, moving, hopefully, in the direction towards holiness. And so that's been a challenge for priests, certainly in the United States, probably in the West, uh, over the past 75 or 80 years. And so I'd say there's some truth to the fact that there are more who are discovering the the time-tested treasures of the Church, the Church as she is, mm-hmm. uh, rather than the way we'd like her to be sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. And whenever you, you dive deeply into, uh, into the Church and her history, you realize that there is such a breadth and a beauty. Um, and for, for so many uh, men who, who actually dive into those sources, they go, wait, that's that's what I want to do. These, this is how I want to lead the people. I want to lead them according to Christ and His Church, not according to maybe the lowercase c church I'm building in my brain. Yeah, right, you know. Yeah. Well, and that is true. And, and the survey did indicate that the the men today who are wanting to be priests or 
our priest, it's their love of the church and their love of Christ is the primary reason, yeah. and and totally want to be disassociated with secularism and the material things of the world. In fact, it's it's about planting the seeds right now, right? We got to plant seeds now. And um, my grandson, yeah. he goes to Corpus Christi Catholic Church and school over in Mobile, mm-hmm. Alabama, and they've been celebrating Vocations Week. In fact, I'm hoping one day he'll become a priest. Hey, look at this young. <laughs> man right here okay if you're watching so this video cute. look at that as my Aww. grandson rex yes rex and i hope he will be a future priest wow one day. no pressure rex uh, seven years old making his commun- first communion this year uh but but it, it you got to start them young and you have to plant the seeds and so so many parents are afraid to do that these days father yeah, it can be uh, very harrowing. Uh, I know uh, my vocation director way back when used to say that it was a challenge because in family life, a lot of parents um, only think about their grandchildren that they're going to have, you know? <laughs> and so they think, well, if my son's considering priesthood, that could change the entire trajectory that I have for my family. Yeah. And yet one of the things that we see, not only in the history of the church, but in Scripture, most especially, is that whenever we as parents make make an offering of our children to back to God and say, Lord, whatever you want for my son, whatever you want for my daughter, you know, in mm-hmm. terms of consecrated life, right. uh, that's what I want too. And the Lord can bring a fruitfulness about in a way that we possi- quite possibly can't imagine. And I think about that in the life of my parents. I mean, I'm an only child and I'm an adopted child. Mm-hmm. And from a very early age, they saw in me something happening. And they never said, on one extreme, there's the, I don't want you to be a priest. On the other extreme, there's the, you're going to be our priest, and I'm going to drive it home every time, (laughs) you know. That's tough, too. But somewhere in the middle is, we see something in you. We're going to let you kind of lead the dance here, and we're going to encourage what what we see and that's exactly what they did whenever i wanted to be in the children's choir uh, at saint isidore and baker uh, shout out to to all of my teachers and all of the and everybody at saint isidore um they said okay whenever i was at children's choir practice and they said we need altar servers and i went oh that's exactly what i've been looking i want to do that they said okay whenever i got involved in diocesan youth ministry and in parish youth ministry they said okay and then when I began to, to say, I think I'd like to make discernment retreats at the Abbey um, for the diocese, they said, okay. Mm-hmm. And it was always just a yes, like the Blessed Mother, like St. Joseph. It was a yes in the family mm-hmm. to say, we're going to give you to the Lord. And my parents, more than anybody, knew the understanding of spiritual grandchildren. They, yes. they knew all of my parishioners as, my, as their spiritual grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And so there's a fruitfulness that you can't possibly imagine, but it requires an openness on the part of the parents uh, and not just the, the little old ladies in the parish, as we say. You know, right. all those things right. are important. Yeah. And uh, another area that's growing in our diocese in South Louisiana in particular are uh, the acne program. It is on fire. And uh, there's something to be said about that. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and it's always a beautiful thing to see. Um, to see parishes on fire with the love of the Holy Spirit, to see uh, to see so many young people on fire with that, and and I think uh, the the axiom it takes a parish to raise a vocation is true. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So what do you recommend to a parent at this point in time in today's world uh, to encourage their their son in particular to possibly the priesthood or what should signs should they be aware of and see that may be occurring? Well, uh, the first thing that I can say is that if you're not praying together as a family, you really should be. Uh, if you're not praying for the vocations for your children, that's a good place to start um, as parents to say, uh, I, I want what you want, Lord. Help me to, to discern uh, and see in the, in the life of my child um, the, the direction you want them to go, and then help me to encourage it with love and not with any sense of selfishness, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, and of course, uh, that prayer then leads to being able to see those signs. Whenever your, your son's playing Mass, you know, or if he's yeah. repeating the words of the priest <laughs> uh, at a very young mm-hmm. age, then that's, that's to be, uh, there you go. Um, if, if your son wants to be involved in, in the various ministries of the parish, right, in some way, yeah. uh, that's certainly to be encouraged. It's, it's not exactly standard these days, you know, just as it was whenever I was a kid, mm-hmm. to want to be involved in the life of the parish. Um, and, and to be, uh, let, them, let them grow up well, you know, let, mm-hmm. them, let them be well-formed. Uh, and then also be on your guard, because if there is a, a young man who's called to be a priest, there is a bullseye on the, on the back of his back, <laughs> you know, right. uh, yes. and so to be able to, to go in and defend, not in a helicopter parent sort of way, right. but to, to, to be aware of the spirit of the world kind of closing in, you yeah. know, um, what, what makes a good priest is that he is fully human and he recognizes the Lord is calling him to holiness in the mode of priesthood. Awesome. And so Amen. we don't want to shelter our children too, too much. You know, but at the same time, we want to protect them from some of those dangers. And if you're a young man who's Mm -hmm. considering the priesthood, I would go to diobr.org slash vocation, Mm -hmm. and you'll be able to see the vocations office um, uh, website. You'll be able to meet the seminarian, see a little bit about him, and find out even more. Awesome. Father Chris Decker, thank you for your dedication and for being a priest, too. We we love you, brother, and uh, appreciate all that you do. Leave us with a blessing, if you don't mind. Yes, indeed. Almighty God, we ask your blessing upon all those, especially the men whom the call the, the Lord is calling to the priesthood today, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Take care. Amen. Yes, yeah. wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us. We will catch you back here Monday at 7 a.m. Central Time. Have a wonderful Friday and a great weekend. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Media.